Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, or afternoon for certain people. I've got a crypto educational update, and this came because I just had an interaction with a, a new startup, and they sent me a kind of an open invitation, and I looked at what they had to offer and was displeased with what I saw. It seems like they have the right, their hearts in it, but at the same time, it got me thinking that a lot of these cryptos really just don't understand the purpose behind a white paper. They're doing it as a formality and they're not really taking the time to invest real thought into the white paper and the, the criticality of the white paper and credibility of the white paper. And also just due diligence when you're an investor, you want to look at something that tells you with as much specificity as possible, why should I waste time or money investing in your project? Because it is a time waste and money until you get an ROI. And I don't say that to be negative on the cryptos. I'm saying it's true. Until you get a return on your investment, it's a waste. Some people don't perceive it as a waste because they know they're going to get a return. When you're dealing with crypto, you don't know that you're going to get a return. And if you do, you don't know what that return really is going to be until the thing matures. So it is essentially a waste until you hit a return. I don't say that to criticize any crypto because they're taking their approaches differently. They're all doing it the way they want to do it. And that's kosher. But I believe we need to get back to certain fundamentals. And the start point to me is going to be really that white paper. So if, you, if you're new to crypto, the first thing you really should do is look at the white paper for any crypto you're considering. Don't just do it because your friend told you to do it. Do some research. Try to understand what the crypto's purpose and intent is and where it's expected to go. And then take the next step in looking at, ideally, if they have one, the white paper that they've made available that tells you Here's why we're here. Here's what we're doing, and here's how we're going to make this thing happen. But I realize that a lot of people that are doing these cryptos, they're not business people. Satama is a token that's out there, and I'm invested in Satama. They're run by business people. So there's strong evidence that they understand from the business perspective how to push a token. I would argue they are terrible at marketing they suck at it but they understand the mechanics of what to do from a business perspective this is obvious to me which is why i bought into them and their white paper was pretty robust but even they struggled with what i would like to see in a white paper that gives me true confidence 100 that they put real thought into it and they're not just kind of going through the motions a lot of times the token will just spin it up saying we're going to do something, we know we're going to do something, and we'll figure it out as we go, as opposed to really thinking it up front, creating a plan, and then documenting that into the white paper in a form that I refer to as the white paper rubric. And so I wanted to detail what do I mean. If you've gone to college, you've submitted some sort of a paper, and if you submitted the paper, it needed to follow a rubric. A rubric in the simplest form is a template that describes certain minimum standards that your paper needs to accommodate in order to be considered acceptable or exceeding or whatnot. And so there's something to specific, <laughs> specifically target. So when I look at the existing white paper rubrics that were out there, the existing white papers and what I can see as their standard, they're mostly following the same structure, which is we'll tell you about the token, we'll tell you what we're doing, and a high level where we're going with it, I wanted to put a little bit more formality into it. And I wanted to use something that everybody's already familiar with, because I think it's important, which is 
who, what, where, when, how, and why. It seems oversimplified, but if you really think about it, this is going to be the best way to give as much information as possible. Who is behind the project? Number one, we're talking the team that's working it. Any developers, any leaders, any business people, marketing people, anybody that's associated with the project directly attributable to its success or failure should be called out by name, called out by job title, ideally with some basic, not detailed, but basic information as to how to reach them. We should be as transparent as possible with this one because we've had plenty of tokens that have failed in this. And because of hype, the token then gets a pump and dump scenario and then people lose a lot of money. So this is otherwise referred to as doxing, where you are self-doxing. You are exposing your people. You should not fully violate their privacy unless they're okay with it. Addresses and whatnot. I'm saying this is Joe Smith. Joe Smith is in Australia. He you know, lives in Sydney specifically. He has a wife and two daughters and he got into this because he needed a web development job. I don't know. Really basic. And then here's his email address. Really basic, really high level. It doesn't need to violate his privacy, but as somebody who is attributable to the success or failure of the project, we should know who that is and then go through all the development people and the marketing people and certainly the leadership people. So that's the who. I think it's vital what is the project? That's a simple question, but to give more detail, what is it that the problem should solve? In other words, what is the purpose of the project? We should be able to say, someone thought of creating this project because they wanted to cure world hunger. Somebody thought of creating this project because they wanted to reforest. Somebody thought of creating this project because they wanted to clean up the ocean. I don't care what it is, but you should be able to describe what it is. And how you plan to achieve it. What are the specific steps you're going to do to do this? Now, what is kind of iffy because we've had tokens that have given the what with very clear specificity, but then they failed with the who. So you can't have one without the other. In one, they said, yep, we're going to do reforestation. And so they took people's money in the token and they actually did donate money to reforestation efforts. However, the amount of money that they donated was a fraction of the money they took in. They pocketed the rest and then ran as a pump and dump. So it was a very elaborate scam because they didn't understand the who in conjunction with the what to make sure that it was robust. That's why you need a strong rubric because each one of these is strong, but you only have a strong project when you have all of them. So you should, in the what, be able to describe to people what is it that this solves? What is it that it does? What is it that it will do? And with specificity, how is it going to do that? In addition, you should be able to define your target audience. Are you targeting millennials? Are you targeting Gen Zers? Are you targeting boomers? Are you targeting people who are employed, people who are unemployed, hippies, whatever? What are you targeting? Yeah, I'm sure it's a good cause, but you should be able to describe what that cause is and why that group of people should care. And you should be able to define a target. You won't get perfect but a target market cap so people understand that this is the growth potential for this token. Where is the project team located? When we say where, we're referring to if you've got all your team members and they're all sitting in China, you probably have low credibility at this point. 
because China has banned crypto, number one. Number two, China has sketchy business with the COVID-19. Number three, China has been distrustful with respect to business and finance. So let's try to understand where are they located and understand that it may cause your token to be looked at in a lesser light, depending on what that answer is. The way you avert that problem is to have a distributed project team. If you're not going to all be in a safe country, then have a distributed team. You know, you got a couple people that happen to be in China, but they're not leadership. The leadership is in the UK. I don't know. Something where it's like, okay, you give people confidence that there's not going to be a crackdown that locks out your funds, or there's not going to be some government screening of it or something. You want to give them some confidence that this is going to work. When is the project going to complete phases? Every token project, all of them, when they start, are going to give you a roadmap and they're going to give you milestones that they expect to hit and they give you tasks that go with that milestone. Things such as listing on an exchange. Uh, when are we going to have 5,000 members in this Telegram garbage? When do we expect to have this many Twitter followers? When do we expect to launch this new marketing initiative? When do we expect to have this new ad uh, campaign start? These are targeted milestones that now you can test against to make sure they're on track, to make sure that they are having a significant impact on the value of the token. All of these are important to show when you have a prospective investor, show those milestones, show the tasks for each one, because it lets them test it on their own and say, all right, I see this is a solid project. They're on track. The things that they're doing do add value. So it's worth investing in the deal. Why is the project being started now? When I say, why is it being started now? Now is, of course, relative to when you start it. If you're starting it when there's thousands, and right now there's thousands of tokens and coins. So the question here that we're asking is, you had to have a reason that starting it now made sense as opposed to five years ago or yesterday or tomorrow or 10 years from now. Was there something that triggered you to start it now? Was there something that said we should start now? That could be as simple as this law passed, and as a result, we felt that it was easier for us to make inroads. It could be as simple as, well, we didn't have the startup capital to make it happen. It could be as dumb as we didn't have people to do it. Ultimately, you should be able to just describe that. That is an empathetic approach to your investor to say, investor, I want you to realize that we understand why this is a hard time for you because it's a whole new token we're untested and we don't have anything to show for it but try to empathize with our situation it's because of x y and z and then how how is the project going to be administered and audited now of all of the ones i just listed this is the one that gets dropped more often than anything else you should have a strong leadership hierarchy to your project you should have a leader ideally one you might have two but ideally one leader who's calling the shots who does the buck stop with with full identification of who this person is you should have your project team out but you should also have oversight financial oversight you should have technical oversight you should have somebody who oversees making sure that things are moving one two 
that things are ethical and that things are not improper. You should have some sort of oversight. So then what most will do is they'll have audit firms come and they'll review not only the white paper, but also the project itself and make sure that everything's kosher there. They may also contract with third parties. I might even be one of them to just take a look at what's going on, what their plan is, what do the numbers look like on the books? What is the, you know, do you have like one guy in the corner who's a developer and his job is to press a button to distribute rewards? That's a risk. Why is it a risk? Because that guy in the corner, if that's the only guy who can press that button and distribute the rewards, number one, when he gets hit by a train, rewards don't go out, which creates a strong red flag. And number two, what's stopping him from pressing the button and issuing rewards to himself and you never catch it, which is, you know, internal. So as one example, there's a multitude of examples of things you want to look at that are risks that you're trying to put strong oversight to mitigate that risk. You always have risk. You always have these problems, but you want to have some people that are positioned and distributed enough to be able to mitigate it, right? You want to have in what I've seen in most recent tokens is the idea that this wallet that holds the vast majority of the liquidity pool, it takes five people to sign it in order to release funds. That's a good, that's a good way to deal with it. Now, it gets lost if those five people are related. Why? Because they're related. You can have a familial situation and it's A or B, either A, the family's working together and they steal the money as a family, or B, the family has a falling out, one member is disgruntled and then they don't release the key and nobody gets paid. Do you see what I'm saying? Like you have to have a real, that's why it's better to have different people that are not related, that are not inherently associated and you pay for this so that you have that disconnect of a thing. Like if it were me, in certain of these, I would say, no, I want my attorney's office to have one of the signed keys because they have no vested interest in this token and they'll just commit that they're not going to invest in it. Boom. Now I've got a solid, we expect to be credible secondary source. And all they know is that there's a code. They don't know what it goes to. They don't know what it's for. But when we ask you to sign this, you just sign it and approve it for this reason. And we have to da 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 so to me, that's a strong rubric, rubric rather, right? Who's on the project? What is the project? What is it supposed to solve? Where is the project team located? When is this project going to complete all the phases? Why is this being started now as opposed to a different time? And then how are you going to oversee this? How are you going to administer it? How are you going to audit it? If you think about it, if you're an investor, you should be able to look at the answers to those questions and get at least an 80% confidence, yay or nay, whether you want to give money to these people. Because it doesn't focus on the emotional aspects, it focuses on the desire to have a strong investment and say, okay, this is worth putting my money into and I expect to get a return. I don't know how much return, but I'm going to work it anyway and go based on the confidence I'm getting from their white paper. I think the white paper is critical. I think it's underutilized. I don't think enough companies maximize writing it correctly. And this rubric that I've kind of just mentally brainstormed out and I was talking to somebody, to me, I think it's a good start point and people are free to use it. And again, I am at any open liberty to help companies try to do things right up front because 
anybody that gets stronger as a business, it helps everybody else. So hopefully that's been at least informational for you.